of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. It is great to be back after a, uh, I want to say a relaxing break, but it was quite busy for me in the month of December. Uh, January has slowed down a little bit, but it is good to be back thinking about, talking about issues and matters related to worship, theology, and culture. And thank you for being with me today. I had planned to talk about something else. In fact, I pre-recorded a podcast that will air next week um, that I was going to use today. Uh, But my heart has been heavy in light of the recent events that have happened in the state of New York um, on on their abortion laws. And, um, And so I'm postponing what I had planned to do today to next week. Uh, So if you listen to it, it has already been recorded. If I'm saying welcome back, even though that's the second episode of this year of 2019, uh, that's why. And so today is a a cultural uh, topic and I think a very important one. In fact, I would say the most important one. If there is one issue on which I plant my flag in, in politics and it's not a political issue, it's a moral issue, it is abortion. And so these recent legislative actions in the state of New York have caused me to reflect quite a bit. Um, I've always been a staunch opponent of abortion, but this new legislation uh, that extends abortion rights, if you want to call it that, uh, this has provided a time and a place for me to speak about the topic even more. As a society, we have already committed the largest mass murder in history. And people might hear that and say, well, you're overreacting. That's an exaggeration. It is not. It absolutely is not. Since Roe versus Wade in 1973, there have been over 61 million abortions in the United States. Okay, hear me. 61 million in the United States alone. We have murdered 61 million babies. Additionally, since 1980, there have been over, get this, 1.5 billion abortions worldwide. 1.5 billion abortions. There are about seven, a little over seven, almost seven and a half billion people in the world right now. I, I mean, think about it, folks. That That is uh, one-fifth of the world's population that has been aborted and history would suggest that the world followed suit to the United States after Roe versus Wade. So we are the most murderous people who have ever walked this planet. And I say we, because it has been allowed as a society, even for those of us who hate the murder of babies, we are part of the people who have allowed it to happen in scripture. God condemns those who sacrifice uh, babies to Moloch and uh, that this was an idol and people would bring their children and lay them upon this burning idol. Now, we're not doing that, but we are blatantly and intentionally killing children. And in the same way, a day of reckoning is coming for all of us. Okay, 
for all of us regarding abortion. And the question is going to be asked of what we did about it. I, for one, don't want to be someone who did nothing. So considering this recent New York legislation, I want to respond about abortion to two groups of people. One is to advocates of abortion and two is to Christians. And so let's get into it. To the advocates of abortion, I want to respond to you and hear me and try to heed what I say. If you are listening to this and you support abortion, I am trying to say this in love because I do love you. I I, 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 I want to make that clear. Okay? I believe abortion is absolutely wrong and I'm going to tell you why. And here's what I'm going to start off with in this response. I'm going to give you five um, five, if you will, talking points or five uh, responses, sub-responses revolving around the absolute wrongness of abortion. So first of all, the statistics show that the overwhelming majority of abortions are performed purely out of convenience. When Roe versus Wade occurred in the, in, in the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that abortion is constitutional, which, by the way, I um, would go against that. Um, if you're going to say that these that the Bill of Rights exists to protect our foundational human rights, the first one, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the first one is life. And we are not protecting life if we are aborting children. So uh, I disagree with that ruling that it is constitutional. But when the Supreme Court ruled that abortion is constitutional, much of today's medical technology was non-existent. So people uh, could not know what is known today about a baby's course of development inside the womb of his or her mother. Now, in my opinion, it doesn't matter. I don't need 3D sonogram technology to tell me that that's wrong. By eight weeks in a mother's womb, there is a heartbeat in the baby. There are fully functioning organs and there is a fingerprint. Recent studies show that babies recoil from pain and at 21 weeks, a baby can survive outside the womb with just a little medical help. Okay. Studies show that the overwhelming majority of abortions occur not because of life-threatening situations, but purely publicly and unequivocally that there is never a medical reason to kill a baby at term. When complications of pregnancy endanger a mother's life, we sometimes must deliver the baby early. Notice he says sometimes. But it is always with the intent of doing whatever we can to safely, uh, to do it safely for the baby too. God help us. And that's in response to the New York legislation. The people presenting these similar confessions are not idiots. They are not uneducated and certainly not making claims about which they know nothing. These are practicing doctors who deal with pregnancies and deliveries on a consistent basis. And with current medical technology, I personally cannot think of one health-related reason to abort a baby at all, much less in the third trimester. Yet, I find these experts in agreement with my thoughts as well. Why would we trust those who advocate for abortion making false claims about which they know nothing over practicing physicians who speak truth based on experience and knowledge? Abortion is never necessary, but particularly late-term abortions. There are always alternatives. Hear me, always alternatives, and I'm going to get into some of that in a little bit. So my, my fourth Uh, sub-response here to advocates of abortion is that Scripture does not differentiate between 
a baby in or out of the womb. Now, since I'm responded to advocates of abortion, I have purposely refrained till now from using biblical support, but I'm going to do so at this moment. The previous sub-responses should be enough for convincing, but I don't think it will be. Scripture, though, does not differentiate between a baby in or out of the womb of his or her mother. And I say this to both advocates of abortion who do not practice Christianity and those who profess to be Christians, particularly those who profess to be Christians who say that you support abortion. Listen to me. Heed this biblical support. In the Christmas narrative, Luke tells uh, tells us that when Mary visited Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, the baby leaped in her womb in Luke 141. In the next chapter, Luke also refers to Jesus lying in the manger as a baby. Both words, baby. The Greek word in both selections is brephos. It is the same Greek word. Word. In other words, there is no distinction between John inside of Elizabeth and Jesus outside the womb in a manger. There's no difference in a baby uh, who is inside the womb and a baby who is outside the womb. Scripture does not differentiate. David, the psalmist, he confesses this. He says, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Psalm 139, 13. As a believer in God's complete sovereignty, it's apparent to me that God is involved in the smallest details of every single aspect of this universe. So my argument here is that life is sacred. All life. Human life. And I'm not going to go off in a direction about animals. Animals don't have a soul. Humans do. That's why human life is sacred. Even without a religious context, we should believe that life is sacred. And if life is sacred, life inside the womb is sacred. Scripture does not differentiate between a baby in or out of the womb, nor should we. So those of you who might be advocates of abortion... Um, I, I watched a video recently, just a couple days ago. Um, it was a video that was posted that was very graphic. Uh, one of the worst things I have ever seen in my life. It was a video of a late-term abortion, a partial birth abortion. And I watched it and, and nearly wept watching this video. And I, I want to meet the person who can watch that and still support abortion. I don't have kids, but even that broke my heart. So those who advocate for abortion might ask, well, if abortion is not an option, then one of the reasons people argue for abortion is because they think it might be their only option or their best option. Uh, if abortion is not an option, what are my options? That might be the question. What are the options for pregnant women in terrible situations? I'm going to respond to Christians next, which will help answer that inquiry. But for now, let me present a few possibilities, most of which abortion advocates probably have already heard and maybe even considered. First, adoption is possible. There are many people who cannot have babies and would love to adopt. Okay? And certainly the child might end up in a... um, 
an orphanage for a little while. Uh, nonetheless, you have not killed the child. The, the child has the basic right to human life. You can partner with adoption agencies. You can select one that will care for your child in the best way possible. Uh, secondly, second option, if there's a health concern, consider an early C-section. And I've heard doctors talk about that, that that is certainly an option. A doctor would let you know if this needs to perform, be performed anyway, so listen to his or her medical expertise. Lastly, I would ask that if you are considering an abortion because of convenience, uh, consider whether or not it's um, out of convenience. Think reasonably about your situation. If someone is pregnant, you know someone who's pregnant or you're pregnant and you're considering an abortion, think reasonably about the situation. Are you considering the abortion because you will not be able to finish school with a baby, because you don't make enough money, or because the baby could have a defect? Hear me. Those are convenience reasons. You may think it's not, but they absolutely are convenience reasons. In which case, abortion is unnecessary. Help exists. Seek it. And I would also encourage you uh, to listen to what I'm about to say in my response to Christians. I think uh, Christians are given a responsibility in these situations. So let's move on to Christians. So this is the second part of my response on abortion. It's to Christians. We need to speak up, but in the proper context that you have a child and could not bear to see that child killed, could be salting a wound. And so if if you claim that having a child has shifted your perspective on abortion in any way, and I've heard this so many times, I've heard people say things like, well, I, I've always opposed abortion, but when I had my child, man, it became real. It was way too, it was different. If you say stuff like that, it causes your argument really to seem illegitimate. Abortion is wrong, irrespective of whether you have a child. If it takes personal experience for your opinion to arrive where it is now, why would someone in a different situation listen to you? Why should they? They shouldn't. They should not. They have no reason. And it seems that in such a case, that if you're arguing based on personal experience rather than objective truth... It illegitimizes your argument. And so I don't suggest completely dismissing personal experience, but limiting those conversations to only people who might more readily understand where you are coming from. Because a lot of people, and I would dare say most people considering abortions, cannot understand that. I think arguments based on objective truth go further in the fight against abortion. My final response to Christians is this. If life is sacred, all life is sacred. So act like it. I am implying social justice here. The life of one inside the womb is just as sacred as those outside the womb, including the worst of the worst, such as robbers and terrorists. Yes, their life is equally as sacred. Okay? A lot of people try to say that um, that there are innocent people in this world, that babies are innocent. They're not. No, no. we are all equally depraved, but our lives are sacred. We are made in the image of God. Recently, I saw a social media post, 
absolutely shredding abortion and then immediately after laughing at and praising the fact that a store robber was shot to death by every person in the store who was carrying a gun. Certainly, we should celebrate justice. Yes. Nonetheless, that is not what was happening here. I also recently heard a popular political commentator on the radio suggest that a terrorist is subhuman. Listen to me, Christians, this is to Christians. If we look at some people as subhuman and their lives as less sacred than others, we also fail in the endeavor and fight against abortion. God takes no pleasure in the death of anyone, including the wicked, as Ezekiel presents to us in Ezekiel 33. And we should realize as Christians how desperate the situation is right now and place the fight against abortion as a top priority, even above secondary issues facing our society right now. Right now, there's a big debate about the border wall. Okay, after new, I I believe this before the New York legislation, but when the New York legislation happened the other day, it confirmed it to me. It's not that I don't care about these issues. I have an opinion on them, but. How dare we get up in arms about these other issues when babies are being killed? We need to make it a top priority, but we also need to stop living in apathy to injustice. And by that, I'm saying that we should act and help those in need. This will only happen if we consider all life to be sacred. When a terrorist is killed, rejoice in served justice, but mourn that someone has died and likely without knowing Christ, which is horrible. All life is sacred, and so we should act like it and not, not act like some lives are more important than others because when we do that, we negate our argument against abortion. My final exhortation to everyone here, but particularly to Christians, is this. We need to understand that abortion is wrong. We need to understand that people are wicked by nature and prone to evil. And we need to understand that we, as Christians, must love those who are in situations they did not expect. Take action rather than simply giving lip service. Take action not just by speaking up against abortion, but by helping those who are considering abortion. And finally, be encouraged that this world is not our home. Be encouraged by that. We've been placed here with a mission. God has first called us to himself and to his church. And then all the function, all functions is derived from that. All functions are derived from his calling to himself and his church. We live in a world where, where God is working, but we simultaneously realize that we have not arrived yet. It's a world that's in the in-between of God's plan of his own glory and our final destination, where every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. When we see and hear of evil, we should really take heart because that's not the end. There's something better coming. And so until then, we should live life with the joy of the Lord, abundantly evident in our lives Love as Christ has loved, serve as Christ has served, and speak up for those who cannot speak. I've seen a lot of Christians in in the past few days who are just completely discouraged. Folks, live rejoicing with the joy of the Lord. Yes, speak out against evil and injustice, but rejoice. This isn't the end. There's something better coming. 
Don't be discouraged. Fight against abortion while living with joy because there's a greater shout coming than those shouts that were echoed in the chambers of New York legislation. And praise God for that. I hope this has been encouraging to you. I hope this has helped you, this response to the culture and to Christians on abortion. Um, Not every episode of Act of Worship is like this, but I felt it necessary to discuss this today. So thanks for listening. This is the Act of Worship podcast, and this is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Did it